0: Hey, Mental Health Warriors, thanks for joining in. Uh, It's going to be a great show tonight. We have Rachel, who's joining us. And if you watched a couple episodes back, she was on with Joe, uh, Trigger Joe from Veterans Trash Talk. It's great to have her back on the show. I've also asked my producer, Kevin, to also join us today. Uh, We're going to have a great, insightful conversation, and I hope you all enjoy it. I hope everybody's doing fine out there and and enjoyed the last couple of podcasts. I know uh, I had Linda Diaz on. You guys saw that series a very moving and touching story with her daughter, but at a tragedy in what she's she has uh, changed and done. And then also a Dr. Valenio, who was my hearing doctor who came on and talked about, you know, that importance and things It was very educational. And I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, but today I have on Rachel, and I'm glad that she was able to join us. We, we um, had a great conversation last time when she was on. And I just wanted to kind of extend that and have that go on uh, a little bit more. So, Rachel, as we as we go into this, can you kind of give people just a quick background, um, you know, about you and and maybe they didn't watch other and I hope they go back and do watch it, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there and 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 uh, just have a nice conversation for the next thirty minutes.
1: Sure. I'm not sure there's a quick background for me. But I, <laughs> I know, you. right? The quickest background I can't I'm, that I'm a, I'm a life coach. Um, I've been certified since 2012. Um, and then I take uh, about 16 hours of continuing ed, um, and also I'm, I'm, right now I'm working on finishing a degree, not specific to that, but kind of complementary to that. Um, I was an Army Reserve veteran, and uh, was basically spent most of my time in Iraq, really as a term DOD employee working as a liaison for a combat teams or command teams. It just depended on where I was at, but I came out of the army at that point. I was deployed to, I had orders deploying me to Afghanistan. And then we, we did what's called the, uh, well, I called it the buildup. It was a support, it was a support mission because I was transportation in Fort, Fort Sill, and just putting trucks and transportation stuff on the railway. That was like in 2003, and that was late 2003 when they were starting to extend units, transportation units. So the, my original deployment was to go and follow the trucks there, but they extended a unit and stood us down. So then right after that, I ets and I ended up, you know, really kind of in a way needing to go in support of that. And so I applied um, and was hired. So then I spent four years in, in Iraq, uh, just traveling with different, uh, different teams, doing more civil affairs type missions.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, That's great and awesome. I think a lot of times people forget that you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars went on for so long that there were a lot of people that went over there, especially in reserves, uh, that came back and then went back and worked as contractors and civilians. Right. And their job right. was very important, or just as important as the soldiers, because, you know, you can't fight and win battles without logistics. Right, people kind of forget that. Um, but yeah, logistics is very hard and very important. Um, you know, Rachel, you, you touched on thing about you know, being a life coach and, and for anybody out there who doesn't know what a life coach is or what they do, can you kind of just to describe, um, to people about what a life coach does and how you help people. And then also, um, you know, is it, is it free? Do you have to have insurance? You know, how do people go out and, and find and look, and I know every state's different and every Commonwealth is different, but, you know, just to give a generality to kind of help inform people out there, uh, about what a, a life coach does and, and how they help, help not only you, but also the family, I'm assuming also.
1: Sure. Um, so life, life, my mom was a a psychologist and, um, went to a great spent a great deal of time, you know, in school and, and really kind of in her latter years and, um, and life coaching kind of came along and it's a different modality so to kind of explain to you life coaching, it, it, it's probably going to increase in its licensure, I, the expectations. Yes. But life coaching is really sitting down. It's, it's very much the reason it's called coaching is, is the best way to explain it is if you're a football player, you choose to be on the football team, right? Yeah. And so you, when you go to practice, you expect to have a coach. And the coach just kind of knows a lot. Your coach, hopefully. Your coach knows a lot um, and has been trained and and has a lot of experience in how to play really good football, right? Well, you hope so. (laughs) So, yes, we hope so. And so especially with life coaches. So the modality is that you are um, there to to actually do the work. Um, It's assumed that if you're going to football practice that you're there to do the laps. You're there to do the hits. You're there to do all of that. Um, and it's the same with life coaching, where therapy, first of all, requires a great deal of training, a great deal of of, of qualification to, to dig into places in somebody's mind that are really vulnerable. And so it needs to be a therapeutic relationship is very different. It takes more time. It needs uh, a lot of support and a lot of even medical support. Where coaching is hey, i'm stuck in this place i keep I keep um, revisiting the same pain, I can't get out of my own way. I want to accomplish some things, and I can't get that done for some reason and so what what I do with coaching is I really just sit down with people and begin to help them discover what is in their way, and we talk about it so sometimes it does it does go back to childhood because sometimes a lot of the messages we have, we carry forward and we and we have this dialogue that is a part of our daily existence. It's a self-dialogue. And that dialogue often comes from what we've learned about ourselves and how we treat and talk to ourselves. And so that is, I work with that probably more than anything, um, re, kind of reframing the dialogue that people have with themselves that is stopping them from growth, overcoming trauma. I work mostly, it turns out, you know, just kind of a God thing, I guess, if you're a God person, um, that that I ended up working with trauma and and that's probably not by, I mean, I had trauma. I had lots of trauma as a child. And I also, you know, of course four year, you, you don't escape four years in a war zone being, you know, under the wire without trauma. Doesn't matter what you were doing. You just have it. So, so that's the difference. Life coaching is horrendously expensive as a general rule. Um, in fact, it's more expensive and it's not covered by insurance. Oh, okay. I specifically got into life coaching because I knew there was a dearth of that uh, um, of, of therapy and also life coaching that was available to people who could not who could not afford much. So I work on a sliding scale. Um, because I, it is important. And then, and then for veterans, I don't charge for veterans okay. or I leave it completely up to them on a sliding scale. But, um, I, I always feel like n- nothing against civilians, or, um, civilians, you know, are uh, uh, not everybody is called to the battlefield. Sure. But, um, but I, I, they, t- typically my civilians pay. Um, and so I, I charge, uh, $20 for every $10,000 a person makes per year. Okay. And, uh, and so, so some places, you know, you can get some good coaching where, where people do that. Now, my coach, you know, cause your coat, the coach has to have a coach. My coach charges 250 an hour. Yeah. Wow. She's extremely good. Um, she needs to be extremely good because she's a coach to a coach. Um, you know, so so there's, you know, there's times when I say now, listen, you know, I I just give me the answers. I don't need any, you know,
0: (laughs) get to the point.
2: (laughs) 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 Time is
1: money. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But she actually knows that when I'm doing that, I'm blocking her. I, you know, uh, she, she knows that I'm, uh, I'm pretty skilled at, uh, not wanting to talk about necessarily the things I need to. So anyway, that's the answer. It's a long one, but
2: no, yeah. not, at, not yes. at all. Cliff, if I could add, because we'll sure. let the 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 viewers uh, know that uh, not only is Rachel become a great friend of mine, but um, I have almost unknowingly received life coaching from her because I think if our relationship had started off and she said, Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a life coach. I'd have been. Yeah. Okay. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> But uh, as I told her, my, my impression of life coaching, and may, maybe this is the case for many veterans, is that uh, it, it, surely it has to kick off with you going out and hugging a tree and telling it you love it. You know, I kind of put it in that same pseudoscience uh, type stuff, but it's really not. And what Rachel was talking about there, and uh, and again, I don't mind using what you've done with me as an example across the board, Rachel, um, but what she just said about the, the trauma aspect, um, in my case, you know, I was in denial about how much um, my childhood had an effect on where I'm at now. It's ridiculous to think it didn't. But the life coach, Rachel, was the one that eased me into that way of thinking just through conversation. So it really is just a conversation Who, with a person who has been trained to be intuitive, to pull out the the key areas that you're not even realizing you're giving them evidence of that trauma in conversation by how you react. And then they take that and it, it kind of guides the conversation, I would say. And it, it's never been with Rachel. It's never been more than a conversation. So there's no, there's no, uh, you know, couch to sit on. There's no, uh, there's none of the stuff you would see on, you know, the, the old Frazier show or anything like that. So it, it is just, Uh, a conversation with somebody who's trained to listen differently and has the skills to make use out of what you've told them. So,
1: and, and actually what, what you're saying is true. It is a conversation. It's a conversation because it needs to be with somebody who wants to be there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's not that the second that you don't want to be there, I, that I give up on stuff. I don't, I, Mm -hmm. I just ask. One of the things I do is I revisit let's talk about why we're, why we're here, why you're paying me. Um, uh, what would you like to accomplish again? So it's, it's very much like in the military, you know, how we revisit the mission. Mm -hmm. We have to with our soldiers on our, on a regular basis. I mean, after 20, almost 21 years in the, in the, in the reserves, I even, I had to on a more regular basis because it was reserves revisit the mission with my soldiers. Um, because it's it's easy to forget and it's easy to get mission, but also when you talk about trauma, you know what? Here's some of the things we understand from the from the um, the research, and that is that trauma. Not everybody gets PTSD from even even people in really significant battles um, don't get P, don't always get PTSD. PTSD is often a, a function of layered, what I call layered PTSD, where you have somebody who has maybe been raised in a very, not very safe or, or emotionally supportive background. And then, and then you add to it c- coming up into adulthood where you end up being externally tra- traumatized as well. So you've got this emotional trauma that is sort of a part of how you were developed when you weren't quite done, you weren't a bread loaf that was quite done and you were traumatized. And then you go into the world with less of a capacity to, to handle all of the trauma that is visited upon us, you know, at times, especially in a a battlefield um, that way. And so, and so this is why we have complex PTSD people that really struggle with their PTSD versus people who come home, maybe have a little EMDR, deal with the the trauma that was, you know, when, like when I was in the chow hall bombing and, and Merez, um, in 2004 and all of those things, that would have been so much easier had I not had some other really significant childhood trauma. Mm. So ultimately I really had to go back and sort of deal with that and kind of heal from that trauma. And then I kind of took it in a stair step, but everybody's different. Some yeah. people, you know, go, go from the earliest to backwards to, you know, to deal with that, to do that kind of work, you, know, you really do need therapy. And so I do partner, you know, with some therapists, or I, I will find I, I coach people all over the United States. And so, you know, this is the, the ironically, this is the modality that I use. Actually, I use, um, uh, you know, messenger or, or Face, FaceTime, and mm-hmm. I Facetime people,
0: right?
1: So that's,
0: that's what I, I
1: get them hooked up with with a therapist to do. And I'm a big fan of EMDR. If you're ready for EMDR, EMDR is called eye movement re uh, reprocessing and desensitization. No, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. EMDR. So with, with EMDR, it create you. They use your bilateral senses so sometimes they do tapping on your hands back and forth back and forth and it literally creates these neural pathways that cross back over and in that way reconnect the right and the left hemisphere of the brain and it's amazing if you're ready to to do it Uh, part of what i do in coaching is getting people ready for emdr but it is life-changing if you're ready for it and you and you do well in it. It is absolutely one or two sessions can change your life.
0: Oh wow! Um,
1: you just stop having that amazing level of anxiety.
0: You know, it's it's funny because it's not funny, but um, I actually went through MDR years and years ago, and I didn't realize I forgot about it. To be honest with you, but um, my trauma in dealing with 9-11, she really kind of helped compartmentalize that you know, and, and just kind of like you were saying, the anxiety and things that I would feel when nine eleven would come around and stuff like that. You know, I think, it, I think we had to do three, three sessions. I think the first time she did, it, I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't too receptive to it and it wasn't, it really didn't do its intended purpose. Um, and then we went back and did it again and it is quite, quite amazing how everything that you talked about, um, is pretty much the journey that I went on when when she did that with me. Um, and so it it is it is it is quite amazing and it does happen fairly quickly, which kind of shocked shocked me and surprised me right. uh, something that had bothered me for ten years, 15 years prior to that. I think it was like 13 years, fourteen years prior to me having that maybe I don't remember but yeah it, it, it was it was pretty amazing but like you were saying, if you're not receptive to it or if you're not open to that, and that the first time I wasn't. I think she just did it. Yeah, I think she just did it too soon, like you were saying. Uh, but she recognized that, right? Right. So That's she, really
1: important.
0: You know, the story I'm telling you is 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 a six month process. It wasn't a fast process. And when she realized right. that I wasn't receptive, and wasn't ready, then she backtracked it and just kind of refocused and did other things until I was more receptive to it. And so it's very important. And you brought up a good point. You know, with trauma trauma affects everybody differently. You know, and i talked about this with PTSD, what may affect me may not affect Kevin or or you or or anybody else, Rachel. And and I think sometimes people get too spun up about that. Uh, You know, it's, it's all deep and personal to you. It's, it's how you've lived your life. It's how you were raised. It's what happened to you in your childhood. It's all these different things. And it's like an onion, you know, peeling back layers. And I think you bring up a good point that if somebody is stuck in one area, Right. Like you said, this is where life coach is important. Um, You know, they can come in and help you focus to get you unstuck from that one area. But that one area may take peeling back a couple of layers, like you were saying, to get to that point. And I think a lot of people forget about childhood trauma affecting you in your adult life. Uh,
1: yes.
0: You know, I, I didn't. I didn't really have childhood trauma. I had a, a, a fairly good childhood, and so my trauma was dealt with a little bit differently with my PTSD. But I have a, a huge amount of friends that, that are completely opposite. Um, you know, and then they have to go through and deal with that childhood trauma, and then work their way up to the trauma that brought them in to begin with. And I think sometimes people forget that, but that's a that's a painful process. It's very painful. Yeah. other people they 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 scroll hold that back in their brain, sure, and they never want to visit that again and this yes. thought of visiting it again will stress them out to a point that it's it's almost unbearable to them
2: that becomes right. a trauma
0: you it yeah yes
2: um what i'd what I'd like to add because we're using that word uh that should be used trauma, but that was a hard word for me to even embrace because uh it. <laughs> what the the realization i had to come to is that trauma like ptsd is on a sliding scale it's it's all over the place yeah. so for me honestly one of the hardest parts was saying I had trauma in my childhood because part of that was like, I felt like I was being disloyal to my mom and dad, you know, like by, by saying, okay, I was, cause I was traumatized by them. Well, you know, I love them dearly. I mean, that doesn't take away from that. Uh, but their lifestyle traumatized me, you know, their lifestyle as alcoholics uh, growing up in that. Uh, and I've, I've said to Rachel many times, I think I might be a little unique. Uh, what traumatized me was them getting sober and wanting to be decent parents. You know, that was my trauma because up until the age of, uh, like 10 years old, as much as you can do what you want, then I was pretty much doing what I wanted. And apparently I liked that lifestyle. I mean, it was, it was free. It was independent. I didn't realize it wasn't teaching me the skills I needed to be a productive adult. But, uh, I think my trauma came from the because they're still alcoholics, you know, even when they sober up, they're still alcoholics. They, they bring all those, uh, you know, characteristics, and habits and who they are with them. So they're still raising you that way, you know, but uh, for me, that was it. So anybody who's out here listening to that word, thinking that, oh, I didn't, you know, because I got smacked around, I don't call that trauma. That just, it was what it was. That's and how many times do we say that? Oh, it is what it is. It didn't affect me. And another thing, and I don't know, uh, I've been sitting here for the last, especially year and a half, uh, wondering where this creative streak in me, all of a sudden, at the age of 54, um, I got creative in many areas of my life. And after hearing you speak, Rachel, I'm wondering if it's my engagement with you and everybody else I have engaged with and my willingness to um, get rid of that burden of that trauma. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the thing that's, that's freed me up to be creative. Like that creative side might've always been there, but I was so into and guided by my trauma. I didn't have time to explore that. So that that's kind of cool. Cause I've been sitting here for that, all that say, where did this come from? How come all of a sudden <laughs> I can do this? I can do this, you know, do right. all these things I've never done. It's because I'm free. That's the answer.
1: It is. It's a, um, the, the, it, when there's all of this going on, there is no room for, there's mm-hmm. no room for creativity. There's no, what I think it's important to note that trauma is about, it, it sets your neurology up to not, instead of connect, instead of connect with creativity, instead of connecting with the people we love. It our, it changes our neurology into somebody who is surviving, mm-hmm. who is who is protecting themselves. It creates a filter through which everything else from the world comes in through. It's it's a little like trauma is a little like looking through a screen door at something very interesting and not being able to see it very clearly. It creates a filter through which all everybody's intentions are come through, and you perceive everything after it's gone through that filter. So when it goes through the filter like that, you're you're only seeing risk, you're only seeing threat. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for somebody who, you know, is, is like profoundly uh, changed by trauma, especially childhood trauma, but you know, even even war zone trauma, it, it unfortunately, what happens is, it all kind of melds together mm-hmm. to create one giant filter that says protect yourself.
0: And, and Rachel brings up a good point. And a lot of good points is, you know, we just have to remember that when you go down this path. Right. And it could have been years and years and years and years. You're not going to solve it quickly. However, I know what it's like to go down that path, come back, go back down again, come back you know, go right, come back, go left, come back, you know, and then get so desperate and despair that I attempted my life. You know, I understand all that, but once you truly get on that right path and you start that process and you, you see that incrementally getting better, not only in yourself, but you see it in people around you. Uh, and it may take that you have to change your environment and whom you're around as you go down that path, because, Uh, you know, your life changes. And as your life changes that some people may not like that. Some people may not support that. Uh, And I think a lot of people have a hard time. And for me, it was that way. That's why my paths went different ways because uh, the friends that were around me wasn't supportive or didn't understand because they wasn't dealing with their trauma, right? Right. And they saw me getting better. So they wanted to, um, you know, sabotage me getting better, right? Because they didn't want to see that. They were selfish and it happens and we all have friends like that. And, and they might've been doing it, you know, unconsciously and, and not doing it, but you do recognize that. And I think for a lot of people, that's a stressful event too. Also. I mean, now you're trying to get better. Now you, you have maybe less friends or, or different friends or different things go on. And, and so, you know, that's another step that I think sometimes people forget, but just realize that, that it's important for you to do that uh, for yourself. And, you know, if your friends come back around great, if they don't come back around great, it's, it's just happens just life.
1: Yes, it I mean it represents loss. And of course, loss is one of the the major um, <laughs> components of trauma. You know, especially if you if you come into this with childhood trauma, um, you deal you deal with a, I deal with a lot of people who their their very trauma in life in, in as a child was loss. It's it was abandonment and loss. Yeah. And and even if they were what I call called abandoned in place, which is right. Uh, you know, a family that that is just that, <laughs> that is just not not available for a multitude of reasons because of alcoholism, because of drug abuse, because of an addiction to work. Work is a is a huge mm-hmm. huge addiction that um, that actually I deal with quite a bit. So, um, do, you know, I think that you know, Cliff, you you made a good point, and that is that we do have to be ready to do this work. So there are times when I get clients and, you know, I mean, I've got, I've got a uh, one now and ironically, you know, I've gotten a lot of married clients. Now they're both veterans. Um, you know, I mean, both of the, uh, like several of these are, mm-hmm. are the two, the two people are in this are veterans. Um, and it's interesting because if they, you know, they will do what you, just what you said, Cliff, they will, They will come to the table and we will be doing work and then it'll be too much. And they'll, and they'll pull away from the table. And I just let them, I let them pull away from the table for a little bit and I just, I let them know I reach out. I can see that you're, you're struggling a little bit. I'm going to give you some time. And anytime you're ready, you just come, you just call me back and let's, we'll, we'll um, go ahead and, you know, keep working. Um, I've learned the, the important lesson. And that is that, This is hard work and it takes a long time, but it's good work. It's, it's not like, I don't, my goal has always been, I'll have somebody initially for four to six months. And if I have you longer than four to six months, either you are really working and getting, finding yourself in that place of really kind of super comfortable self-actualization where you're really doing good, or you are you're struggling. Yeah. So, because I don't, I'm not a therapist that wants to keep you three years later, you're still coming and talking about, you know, why you felt bad because you, you know, threw away a chicken that you bought three weeks ago (laughs) and forgot to, you know, and forgot to use or, or whatever. I'm just not involved in that you're, you're either here and you're growing and you're becoming your own therapist and you're, and I'm giving you resources so that you can, when you have a bad day, you can ask this question, what do I need right now? And then you have, I've already taught you a bunch of resources so that you can go do that thing that you need right now. Um, I, I, I'm not raising a bunch of victims. What I'm trying to do is create a a path for people to not be victims and especially not be victims of their own, of their own traumatized brain. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, and that's one thing I, I like, well, my goal is you know, with mental health warriors is to to help get rid of the stigma associated with trauma or associated with mental health or asking for help because right. um you know we're all humans, we're all here for a very short amount of time, and it should be the best time and the best life that we can live. And I think that for a lot of people, you know, they don't have that opportunity. And I know in the military, the way they looked at mental health and stigma. Uh, was huge, you know, and it affected a lot of careers with people not being able to go out and ask for help and, and, and things like that. And that's, it's changed some, and it's getting better, but in society as a whole, the stigma associated with mental health is, is still there and it, it, it still lingers. And it's going to take, you know, life coaches like yourself, Rachel, going out and, and helping and, and people knowing that, you know, and I say this all the time, it's okay not to be okay all the time. Yeah, you know, it's okay to have those moments where you're not and you bring up a great point that you give people resources, that when you have that moment when you're not okay, that you can go back and look at those resources. And that's what I do here in the podcast is try to help give everybody enough tools in a toolbox, that if you just need to grease that insert, or just turn that nut a little bit or, or, or crank this up or retort that that you have the ability to do that when you need it on days that you're not okay. And, you know, that's really great um, that you do that because I think for a lot of people when, you know, they go through therapy and I, I was the same way I go see my therapist walk out leave I didn't think about resources later on, right I didn't think about that because I'm going to see her next week or I am going to see her in two weeks or whatever I didn't, right. I never thought about asking, you know, for resources or other techniques that I could use outside of going to the therapy session. And I think sometimes. I get that mindset. I did. I never asked for it. And it wasn't until I saw an inflect, um, you know, that that I was given resources and another way of, of doing and looking at things. And I think sometimes we, we forget that. And so it's really great that you go out there and give those resources. And also, I want to tell people out there who's listening, that it's okay to ask for resources, or ask for different techniques, because one technique may work today, but it may not work tomorrow, right? Exactly. And so you yeah. need to have multiple techniques uh, to go out and look, and it may be going out in the forest and screaming at a tree, it might be listening to a podcast, it might, you know going for a nice quiet drive you know down a country road or or going for a walk or or just anything that you need in that moment in your space to kind of retrain your brain and and figure out what's not okay and make it okay so then you can move on right it's called thought stopping
1: yeah. um, and so when you when you when you start to feel yourself going to uh, spiraling and it can be over lots and lots of things but typically these things are are kind of triggered. So we, the first thing, you know, we, that I, not one of the, it's one of the first things that I deal with with people is learning what their triggers are and learning how to learn what your triggers are. So like one of the triggers that, uh, you know, one of the things I've learned about was, um, well, the last time we did this podcast, which was interesting, we talked a lot about, you know, trauma, a lot about, I think I talked a little bit about the, Ch- the Meroz Chow Hall bombing. Um, and then, and then Joe talked quite a bit about, you know, some of his triggers and you talked about, you know, some of the memories you were having. And I got off of the podcast and I wanted to drink and it was 11 o'clock in the morning oh, wow. and on Sunday, yeah. and you know, and that's so that's a trigger. You know I mean? I realized even though I didn't really feel triggered on the face of it, I recognized that me, you know, cause I'm really not that much of a drinker, but I, but if I do drink or, you know, I've learned that I use it to numb a little bit. Yeah. And so I just, then I, I asked myself the question, what's going to happen if you have a glass of wine? Well, it's 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And so I had lots of plans that day and I knew that I would not be as productive as I wanted, as I wanted and had planned to be that day. And then I asked myself the question, what would I like instead? What would I like my next two hours or three hours to be like instead? And so I decided, I made a decision, well, I'd like to be, I'd like to get this done and this done, and I'd like to spend some time out with my cattle. That's what I had planned to do. So I made myself a cup of coffee and I made a different choice, but it's that process that going through what would you like instead if, if somebody comes to you and triggers you, or you get a trigger, you get a chance to ask yourself, "Ooh, I feel super triggered," um, and then just getting to that place where you can slow that action, teaching yourself how to slow that action enough to say, "Ooh, I'm super triggered," and then asking yourself, "What do I need right now?" and then giving yourself plenty of of, of resources, even if it is just a five minute meditation. Um, I I have lots and lots of resources I give people for meditating. Not all meditations work for all people. So I have many, many, many different meditations that I send people. Um, And then the asking, being able to ask yourself the question, what would I like my next two or three hours to be like instead? And then giving them the freedom to make that choice. So many people feel like they're such a victim of their trauma that they, the second they're triggered, They're, they've lost it. They've lost control of what they, what they have happening in the next few hours of their life. And they don't like that. It's painful. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. You miss your life. You're missing out on your life because all of a sudden the trigger has come in and ruined those few hours. And, and so what I do is I typically for traumatized people, I teach them how to not lose out on the next two or three hours that, by the way, in this precious life, you will never get back.
0: That's true. That, that That's a great point. And I, and I think for anybody listening out there that just, just know that, you know, during the day, things happen, right? Sure. So, and so like you were talking about, we were we were triggered. It was an emotional episode uh, that we did.
1: That if, if there is a hurdle for me in life coaching, ownership and helping people uh, own 100% of what they feel, what they choose, all of those things is the hardest, I I would say the hardest thing that we all overcome because we all want to deflect it as kind of a human nature. Mm -hmm. I feel this because you did this. I, you know, I'm not saying that bad people don't do sometimes bad things to us and that we shouldn't feel about those things, but we need to decide then make decisions about how much do I want to feel this and then make choices that we can live with regarding that. But we, to do that, we have to own our feelings. We have to be the owner of them. And if you can't do that, and you're always deflecting, then you've given away your power to change it.
0: And and that's a, that's a daily struggle, you know, with, with PTSD or trauma, it's, it's sometimes it's daily. and, And I would say that you know some weeks you have great good weeks and some weeks you have bad weeks. Um exactly. you know and, and I apologize for me fidgeting around in my chair. I had botox in my back so oh. <laughs> and I just had it 2 days ago so it hasn't quite taken effect so I get I get uncomfortable but um you know and, and I deal with a lot of injury injuries and I enjoy working out and it's frustrating to me when I can't work out because that's my release, right? So that's right. the one thing that Cliff Bauman uses when I'm in that moment of PTSD or that thought, I go and work out. And the problem is, is I have injuries because of my deployments that keeps me from working out the way that I want to. And it, it becomes very frustrating, very upsetting for me. Um, and so that I had to learn uh, techniques and things that I do otherwise, other than working out, um, because there's some days that I just, I can't do it. And, and it's very frustrating, and upsetting to me. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just great to learn, you know, different techniques and things that you can do to, to help yourself um, as you go through this path of healing and getting to know yourself better. And, and, you know, physically, mentally and spiritually, they're all very important components. You know, the military used to always focus on physically, you know, right. And then they started talking about the triad and, and how important the triad is. And, and I think sometimes people forget that because. If your body's lacking something nutritional-wise, it's going to affect you mentally. And then if you're affected mentally, that's going to affect you spiritually. So it's all kind of interconnected. And Rachel, you come on, you know, when you were on your last show and, and talked about all the things you've been through and what you went through, um, I was very appreciative of that and, and and very honored to not only get to know you, but meet you. Uh, but also to listen to your story and what you've done um, since then and how you've gone forward to to help others continue their path and not be stuck in that one area that they might be in. Um, but so as we wrap up this podcast, I'd like for you to say anything else you might want to say out there. if If you want to talk about, you know, you say you do life coaching all around, if you want uh, if you have a website or anything where can contact you, we'll be more than happy to show it up on the screen at the end. Uh, Kevin, the producer, he can he can do whatever he wants on the screen to advertise whatever you want to advertise for what you do. Uh, but I just want to uh, close out with you, Rachel, and then I'll go on and, and afterwards and give my five second spiel. And then, Kevin, if you want to say anything after Rachel, feel free okay. yep. and we'll just kind of close this out uh, today. And I want to thank you again, Rachel, for coming on.
1: Well, it, actually, it's it's my pleasure, um, and it's my honor. I'm the one who's who's honored here. I'm um, I'm really nothing that special. I um, I, I have a, a purpose, and that I, you know, that that really, in a lot of ways, I always say I'm paying back because, you know, I spent a certain amount of my time really making decisions that were not good, and they um, harmed some people. They they harm some people emotionally. Um, I made some bad personal choices, and I, I think this is my way of of just paying it forward and yeah. and changing what I'm the legacy that I'm leaving behind. It even though this was 20 years ago, I, I have a an underlying sense that I that I'm here to leave something behind that is solid and good and something that people can use, and so. You know, I just really appreciate you. Obviously, I think you you are doing the same thing that that we owe or I owe. I owe a debt um, to this world and this earth, and I intend to to keep making myself just available for right. whatever it is that you know. And I am a God person, so whatever it is God has me here doing, I'm I'm making myself available for. Um, and and I don't even know what that looks like yet completely. I just know that this is definitely a part of it. Yeah. I felt, I feel led to, to, to do this. And so um, I, I'm not always successful, but most of the people that I think I would say almost, almost all of my, my coaching clients um, would tell you, if, if you got them on here that they were super glad that, that they met me. There, there've been a couple yeah. that just weren't ready to own the responsibility. They they wanted to come to me as a victim. And um, and I said, well, I I can't coach you if you can't if you don't want to play football. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, right. um, so to speak. But thank you so much for, for including me in this. I, I love it every time. And I'm available. Um, I'm, I'm on the Facebook page for veteran trash talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of the moderators and you can reach out to me on Messenger that way. Um, it's, it's never too too late or too early, um, you know, to just go ahead and, and reach out and, and see where you would like to go with that.
2: Good stuff. Um, what I'd like to add is somebody who has just recently come to that conclusion that I was, in fact, the trauma I experienced affected me. If you're out there and your tagline is, it's just how I am. This is just me take it or leave it. That's just not true because that means you've stopped growing. So from the time you started saying, this is just me, you stop growing. You don't know what you are capable until you open up the doors to somebody like Rachel, even if it's not on an official capacity. So I'm going to encourage you to remove those words from your life because they're simply not true. And I think if you do just that, that'll start the journey that who knows where it'll take you. I mean, because this, I'm in the beginning of my journey and I feel like I've accomplished more over the last two years than I've accomplished my entire life. So thank you for that. Both of you have been a big, big part of that. The entire veteran trash talk community has had more to do with that than, you know, I'll never be able to thank the entire community enough for what they've done. But you got to start by getting rid of that thinking that says, hey, it's just the way I am. Yeah. Cliff, over to you
0: hey thanks a lot kevin you you bring up a great point um i wanted to thank everybody for tuning in uh, please go out to veterans and you can look out and see all of our podcasts out there you have my podcast you have my other podcasts i do which is throw punch mondays um you can also go out there to the um to the shop there and get your t-shirt they'll make any t-shirt we actually got my t-shirt now it's made it's uh i know my mustang's green don't so worry
2: it doesn't have holes in it for this is veteran
0: health warrior Uh, And on the back, it has a crisis number that you can text. And Rachel, I'd love to send you a t-shirt for being on the show. So uh, address and stuff and the size that I'll drop you one in the mail. Um, But I want to thank everybody for tuning in Uh, once again at the Mental Health Warrior. You guys have a great week and take care.